Hello and welcome to the first episode of the YYC Soccer Podcast. My name is Jason Komet and my host is Scott Strasser. Hi, Scott. Hey, Jason. How's it going today? That's yeah, pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm pretty excited about uh, starting up this podcast. I think it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm happy to be involved and uh, thanks for the invite. So let's, I guess, start with what do we think we want to talk about? What's the reason for doing this podcast? Uh, Scott, you want to you want to do the rundown? You want to go over it? Yeah. So as you and I have discussed, we we want this to to focus on soccer in Calgary, not just one aspect, pretty much the city as a whole. So the amateur, collegiate, and professional levels. We'll talk about and hopefully with the the teams and players from the city's soccer community from everywhere from the grassroots and amateur leagues to the university teams and and the professional level as well. So that could be, you know, we could be talking about cavalry, we could be talking about foothills, we could be talking about dinos, trojans, cougars, and then even AMSL and and some of those uh, amateur teams that when they're doing something, I think there's there's a lot of stories within that scope and and I think that you and I both are pretty passionate about it and 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 know a decent amount. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's a it's a good mission statement and a good focus. Uh, I think there's a million things to talk about in the soccer world, in the Canadian soccer world, the global soccer world. But I think why not focus on some of these local stories? I think there's some really cool things happening, and and why not uh, talk about them and address them? Mm-hmm. Let's uh, maybe talk a little bit about ourselves, just so uh, listeners can kind of have a bit of an idea of who we are and what we're about. So, Scott, why don't you uh, start us off here and and tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. My nine to five job is uh, working as a journalist. I am the editor for three separate newspapers that are published by the Great West Media Group out of St. Albert. So my day job, I'm I'm the editor of the Airdrie City View, which is actually how you and I met uh, as you live in Airdrie and I've interviewed you before. But I'm also the editor of the Rocky View Weekly, which is the newspaper that covers Rocky View County. And then um, about a year ago, I, I took on the position of editor for the Cochrane Eagle as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm editing three newspapers at this point, And we have two websites, which are airdrietoday.com and cochranetoday.ca. And all of the stories for those three separate newspapers are uh, published on those websites. Before doing that, I, I worked as a newspaper reporter in the Comox Valley on Vancouver Island. And uh, I was there for about a year. Uh, and before that, I was I was a communications major at the University of Calgary, where I was the news editor of the local student newspaper uh, called The Gauntlet for some time. And and I also worked part-time for for one year as a communications assistant for the the U of C Dinos. So I wrote a lot of press releases, game recaps, game previews for various Dinos teams, including both of the soccer teams there. So that's kind of my career background. In my spare time, I've, I've worked as a contributor for AFTN.ca, which is a Vancouver-based soccer website that covers primarily the Whitecaps in Vancouver, but also lots of other teams in the BC and Vancouver area, and has really expanded to kind of cover Canadian soccer as a whole. So in 2019, I, I covered Cavalry FC's inaugural season in the CPL for that website. And after a, a couple years of hiatus, I, I did so again last year on a pretty uh, part-time basis. I didn't do as much in 2022 as I did in, in 2019, but still really enjoyed it. Love going out to Spruce Meadows to cover Cavalry games, take photos, take part in the press conferences, that kind of thing. Yeah. And then, oh, sorry. One more thing, though. But before
before I kind of became an adult, I, I did play competitive soccer growing up in Calgary. I, I played for tier one teams for most of my uh, adolescence with Rangers Soccer Club, Chinook Soccer Club, and one season with Southwest United. And I actually played with and against a lot of guys who went on to play at the university level, uh, even for Foothills PDL team or for Cavalry and, and other CPL teams. I myself pretty much wrapped up playing competitively at the age of 19 or 20. I did get recruited by the, the University of Calgary Dinos men's soccer team when I was in grade 12 and, and went and signed my letter of intent for that team, but really only spent one year with the Dinos before. I would kind of moved on to other things. I was really getting interested in, in writing. I was already writing for the Gauntlet and, and kind of wanted to pursue that. So I hung up the cleats and, and kind of went in a different direction. But eventually I kind of found my way back to soccer fields just on the sidelines rather than within the touchlines. Well, cool. You know, I don't know. I've never uh, known that aspect. I didn't realize you had involvement at the university level like that. That's, uh, that's pretty interesting. So uh, anyway, I guess a little bit about myself. Like I am not a professional journalist. My day job is a pharmacist and uh, I've been uh, operating a, a clinic in Airdrie for the last, oh geez, 10 years now. But I've always been a big fan of the the local soccer scene here in Calgary. I, I really, um, I didn't play soccer as a kid growing up. I, I was in, a, I grew up in Yorkton, Saskatchewan, small town in eastern Saskatchewan and, and soccer was not really much of a thing at the time. And I never really got that turned on to the game until actually when I moved to Calgary. I, I moved to Calgary in June of 1994. That was when the World Cup was being held in the United States. And I can remember I was like unpacking boxes after work every every evening watching World Cup matches. And I remember I was living in Bridgeland at the time. And, and every time Italy would win, the whole neighborhood would go uh, crazy. And I sort of got all wrapped up into it. And I, by the end of the month, I was really hooked on soccer in general. And But the thing was for me, I had no real ethnic loyalties to any of the old world countries in Europe or any things. So kind of gravitated to watching Canada. As a result, I kind of got into Canadian soccer and then ultimately more into the local soccer scene. Like I'm not old enough to remember the boomers, but I can definitely remember era of the storm and the Mustangs in the early 2000s. I was at all those games. I, I think I could count over four years, I probably missed, you could count on one hand the number of games I missed. And, and one of the things that I, I did at that point too was I was writing for a fan site as an amateur journalist, very amateur, and I was writing match reports. It was called A-League.com. And at the time, the Calgary teams were in something called the A-League, which is now turned into the USL Championship. But at the time, I would submit a little game report about what happened. And, and every team had a fan reporter, essentially. And some of my stuff got published up there way back in the day i think all that stuff is long since disappeared off the internet which is probably not a bad thing <laughs> but yeah so uh that's kind of my background but i've been around for a long time i one thing i i thought just for giggles i i want to look up in that 2004 a-league season i wanted to see how many of those teams the calgary mustangs played with are still actually around and playing in the usl championship one one team charleston battery Everybody else is either folded up or, or moved up like Montreal Impact or Seattle Sounders or moved down like the Richmond Kickers to only one team has, has sort of uh, stayed in that league. So I think that shows you that A, I've been around for a long time and and uh, B, there's been a lot of changes in the soccer world over the last while here. And it's it's a really dynamic area. 
And and one one story I hope we can get into at some point on this podcast is like you told me about your involvement with with the crowdfunding campaign for the Voyager Cup. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that, years, that, years ago. That that would be a great story for this podcast. That's something we can definitely talk about one day, and it's something I'm always super proud of. My my wife, every time one of those matches are on, I'm like, yeah, you know, I uh, bought that trophy. Yeah. <laughs> she, she says, I know, I know, you've told me every year. All right, well. I think right now we've kind of just wanted to do a little bit of an intro for our first podcast to talk a little bit about ourselves and and what we're planning. Our main plan for a format here is that we're going to have a guest with a Calgary connection in every episode. That's kind of the framework I think we're going to be working with mostly. I have to ask Scott though, if if you could uh, have your dream guest right now, and I realize that we can't just phone up anyone, that would be cool if we could, but uh, who would be your dream guest right now? Well, I'm a big Bundesliga fan. Um, I watch games probably two or three, sometimes even four every weekend. So my first choice would probably be Kevin McKenna. He's currently the assistant coach FC Köln in the first Bundesliga under Stefan Baumgart. And he's also a, a color commentator for, for Sportsnet now broadcasts of the Bundesliga. So I, I hear his voice almost every weekend. And I uh, I always shout out to my wife. I say, that guy's from Calgary. You hear him? He's from Calgary. <laughs> but no, I mean, his background, most people in Calgary soccer community know he he came up through uh, Chinooks and Foothills before before moving over to Germany as a, as a teenager to, to trial with professional clubs and had a really successful career in in both Germany and Scotland, uh, as well as with the Canadian national team. And he and I actually had the same coach, the the German coach who sent him to Germany was was my coach for my last few years of of youth soccer. I think he and I would, I, I would really like to pick his brain about various topics. I would agree. I would have many questions for him because I think the idea of what he did at the time when going across to Europe and going across to Germany specifically was not a common thing for a Canadian or definitely anyone from this part of the world in Alberta. So yeah, there are lots of questions there. Can't argue with that. In fact, I could. He would. E- he could easily be my pick as well. But I actually, I have a couple people that I'd like. One of them, which I think you have to reach back into the wayback machine, and probably a lot of people in the Calgary soccer world might not even realize this. But there, there is a guy, and I'm gonna probably massacre his name. But it's Lutz Pump Steel. And he's a German soccer uh, goalkeeper. He played for the Mustangs in 2004, the one year the Mustangs existed. He is, I think it's safe to assume he's a character. He played all around the world in every league you could possibly think of. And I believe spent some time in jail in Indonesia and Malaysia while he was playing. And and now he's the, is he the general manager or the president of uh, the Nashville team? Uh, in St. Louis in MLS. Yeah, the, the, the newest team, I think. Is it St. Louis? I believe it is. Yeah, actually, you know what? You're right. It is St. Louis. Oh, I don't know why I was thinking Nashville, but you're right. It is St. Louis. Yeah. So he's yeah. the GM of uh, of the St. Louis club. And uh, that's uh, he is sort of a bit of a footnote in the grand history of, of uh, Calgary soccer. But I can remember back then he was... He was a bit of a character, even at like at that point, for sure. Yeah, and you alluded to his his jail stint, which was uh, when he was playing in Singapore. Yeah, that's what it was, and there was something. It was not like he was not thrown in for a just reason. There was some kind of 
that could be something that uh, I should probably read up on again. But I remember it was a really weird story. It was like a, a match fixing scandal that that he was accused of. But the, the the games that he was accused of throwing, his team had actually won. So it made no sense at all that that he was arrested. Or, or, or I believe that was what how the Herald reported it back in in two thousand one. So, no, I agree. Yeah, let's let's find and steal. He'd be a great a great guest at some point, especially now that he has such a high profile position with with St. Louis and 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 like McKenna. He's actually, he was previously uh, moonlighting as a Bundesliga color commentator. So he was another one whose voice I became accustomed to hearing on Saturday mornings. Well, you never know. I don't know if you were uh, checking out Twitter the last few days, but I think I saw Stu, the the famous Stu, mm-hmm. uh, the soccer fan, Stu Wallington, yeah. was interacting with Lutz on Twitter and they were going back and forth there a little bit. So, uh, and I know that Stu made some kind of comment on there about, remember, something that happened in Calgary and Lutz responded right away how he remembered all that mm-hmm. stuff. I, that kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Honestly, Stuart would probably be a really good guest at some point as well. I mean, oh, his, absolutely. His, fandom, his fandom dates all the way back to the boomers in, in 1980 and 1981. He's probably oh, yeah. one of the uh, most knowledgeable soccer fans from the Calgary area. And he, he was a pretty passionate supporter of pretty much all the teams that have, have rolled through here, be it the, the Boomers, the Kickers, the Mustangs, the Storm. So he, he oh, totally. Player. When I go to Cavs games, I don't sit with those guys behind the, the goal there. But back in the old Storm and Mustang days, those games, they were all general admission. There was no defined seating or anything, whether it was at Foothills Athletic Park or at McMahon. And uh, there was always sort of a group about four or five six of us that always would sit together at those games and, and, and Stu was one of those guys. So we, we sat together at, you know, most of those games. He's a, he's a true fan. That's for sure. Yeah. That's pretty much where we'll, we'll start to wrap it up since we're just kind of getting going on this year's soccer season in 2023. Scott, are there any things out there that developing stories that interest you, something you're trying to keep an eye on right now? Well, funny you ask, um, you actually shared this on Twitter, but as, as part of my day job with the Airdrie City View, I just put out a story the other day about a local Airdrie-raised soccer player, uh, Shanice Alfred. She was born in, well, raised in, in Airdrie, played most of her youth career with uh, Tier 1 teams with uh, Blizzard Soccer Club in the north of Calgary. And after graduating from WH Croxford High School, went to go play for McEwen University in Edmonton. I'd, I'd interviewed her back when she was doing that, and, and she was like straight out of high school or whatever. But uh, she, I'd, I'd kind of wondered what had happened to her. And, and you were the one who actually pointed out to me that she's, she's now playing for the Guyanese National Women's Team, which is pretty cool. Her background, her her family's background is is there, so she qualifies to play for them. Uh, they're trying to qualify for the CONCACAF Gold Cup for Women, which is being held next year. So following along as as uh, Shanice and her Guyanese teammates try to qualify for uh, for the Gold Cup would be would be a pretty interesting story. I think she'd be another good interview down the road. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's a it's a cool story, and I know that the both the men's and women's team for Guyana ha- have relied on Canadians a lot. And I, I think at least for the most part, I thought they were mostly from the Ontario area, but yeah, this is uh this is kind of cool having a, somebody from this part of the world who has made their way into, into international soccer in sort of 
a little bit of an unconventional route, but it's it's yeah, yeah. She played for for Canada's U seventeen women's team back when she was you know fifteen sixteen. But yeah, no, she's found her way through the Guyanese setup, and and yeah, like you said, a lot of those players are based out of the Toronto area, which is actually how she ended up transferring from McEwen University in Edmonton to uh, to Seneca College, which is in the the GTA. Right. Okay. So yeah, that that's uh, definitely a, a story worth keeping an eye on. Anything else on your radar screen, Scott? Only tangentially related to soccer, but there is a lot of uh, news coming out yesterday and today about Calgary and Edmonton potentially bidding to to co-host the Commonwealth Games in, in 2030 after Hamilton uh, backed out. Obviously, soccer is a sport that would be played at the Commonwealth Games, so it's related in that sense. But yeah, very interesting. I know, I know, like the Olympic bid to for for Calgary failed a few years back, but this is a little bit different. It's a co co hosting venture with Edmonton, so I have a feeling it may have legs. I actually did just get a press release in my news inbox not that long ago. There's already a group that's forming to oppose this potential bid, um, <laughs> like a group that's basically like say no to the bid. So it'll be interesting to see the the conversation continue about this potential bid. Yeah, I think it's uh, interesting. One of the things that I don't really love, but it it seems like it's the nature of the beast in Canada is that we don't build any sports infrastructure unless there's a major event associated with it. Whether we actually need something or not, you could make an argument in Calgary, we're really lacking on sports infrastructure, but it seems like there's no political will to spend any money in that way unless there is some kind of event attached to it. I think one of the things that ends up happening is people who want to create some of the sports infrastructure, they have to go looking for events because that's the only way anything's going to happen. So it should be interesting to see how this all plays out. I'm sure there will be opposition and and I don't know, like, I don't know what the bid looks like, but I I think one thing is, is for certain that Commonwealth Games is not maybe quite the glamorous event it was at one point in time. I can remember, you know, we're going Going back quite a ways, but it was really considered quite a big deal. I think it's less so that now. And my understanding of the Commonwealth Games is the bidding process is it's not super, super competitive. So I think that if Canada hasn't had the the Commonwealth Games recently and they put together a good bid, I'd say that they probably have a pretty good chance of getting it. So I guess we'll see what happens, but could be interesting. I agree. Yeah. And I, I like that you bring that point up because I believe Hamilton, Tim Hortons Field was built for, was it the Pan American Games? Yeah. Pan Am Games 2015. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. the soccer venue. And and I mean, you could maybe argue that Hamilton was kind of spearheading the, the Canadian Premier League, right? Like with the Tiger Cats involvement. If Tim Hortons Field hadn't been built, how likely would the CPL have been a few years after that? Maybe, well, maybe I think it would have been, but I think that's a that's a question worth asking. I think it's absolutely a question because part of the whole deal was when we're getting kind of a, a bit off the whole Calgary end of it, but when it comes right down to it, I don't think the CPL would exist because part of the whole deal was if they were going to build Tim Hortons Field and it was going to become the, the permanent home of the Tiger Cats, part of the deal was Bob Young said that he would bring pro soccer to that stadium within five years or something like that. That was part of the arrangement that was made. Essentially in the contract in the was all agreed to, 
Bob Young having a, a pro soccer team start in Hamilton playing at that stadium was a requirement. And I guess you could have made an argument that he could have joined an American league. He could have joined USL championship, but instead they put the CPL together essentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a very valid point. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, the only thing I was going to mention on my end that I really want to see happen and see what develops over the next little while here is what happens with this new proposed women's soccer league and Calgary foothills and their place in it. I'm a huge fan of the idea of a pro-women soccer league, but at this point, we haven't seen tons of details. And I'm really curious to see what's it going to look like? Where are they going to play? How is it all going to work? I really hope it all comes together, but I think there's a lot of information that we haven't seen yet. And I'm I'm really curious to know. I'm guessing that uh, a lot of that information is going to start to shake out over the course of this year and, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of the same kind of questions thrown around in the last uh, two years before the CPL began, like a lot of uncertainty, a lot of speculation. So uh, I think time will tell and time will answer some of those questions. But uh, no, I agree. That's that's a huge story for for soccer in Calgary. And obviously, uh, Foothills WFC has been really successful in the UWS and probably have a really good framework set up and a foundation to kind of go off of with with establishing a pro team. So and they have cavalry to kind of they can follow that blueprint that that uh, Tommy Wilden Jr. did on the men's side of it. So no, definitely a a topic that we should definitely revisit and and talk about regularly in the next several months. Yeah, definitely. And and as a small business owner as well, and kind of thinking about the dollars and cents of it, not only is the the soccer part of it interesting me, the whole sports business part of it interests me as well, because I'm I'm really curious to see how they can make the financial, a workable financial model. And when it comes down to it, most of the time, when you're trying to set something up new like this, you need a few real rich people to basically front the money to get it going. I'm looking forward to seeing who who are some of the sponsors and who are the some of the p- people behind some of the teams that are around the country. I think it's going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think we're going to wrap it up now. And uh, thanks for listening to our very first episode of uh, YYC Soccer Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast by checking out all of your usual podcasting platforms. Head over to our website at yycsoccer.com with more info about how to subscribe, how to leave a question or comment, how to access previous episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter on yycsoccer403. That's it for tonight, I think. Thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon.